So we are in a series right now called Pressed and Pulled. Anybody feel pressed and pulled? Pressed for time and, and pulled in every direction. When we get pressed and pulled, the priorities in our life get pushed. And that's not how any of us want it to live. That's not how God wants us to live. So if you have a Bible, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And if you don't have a Bible, you can just use uh, download you version and look up the New Living Translation. That's where I'm going to be. While you're looking that up, our, our theme for this series, we've been asking this question. So let me catch you up if this is your first time. During this series, we're asking this question. When you're pressed and pulled, ask this question. Is this pleasing to God? Is what I'm doing or what I'm about to do, is this pleasing to God? And the series is really birthed out of Ephesians chapter 5 some words that the Apostle Paul wrote. He was a follower of Jesus a long, long time ago, and he wrote these words, and let's say these together because this is kind of our theme verses for this series. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. Stop right there. Let's say that again. Making the best use of the time. Turn to somebody and say, are you making the best use of your time? Are you making the best use of of your time. You know, the answer to that is yes. If you're in church today, high five somebody around you. High five them. I'm in the house of God. I made a good choice today. All right. Because the days are evil. Say this last part with me. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. All right. Today, I want to talk to you about money and how money, you know, we get pressed and pulled financially and can we get some pressure off of us I think God wants us to help God wants to help us with that so I want to talk to you today about being financially free or financially freaking which one are you financially free or financially freaking let's look at a couple verses out of Matthew chapter 6 I'm just gonna read a couple of them starting in verse 19 Matthew if you're new to church Matthew was a disciple of Jesus and he was sitting with Jesus, and he heard Jesus speaking these words, and so he, he wrote them down so we'd have them. So Jesus said this in verse 19, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store up your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Pray with me. Father, we are so grateful for the chance to be in the house of God today. Thank you, God, for every man and every woman that is here today. They're investing their time wisely right now, God, and I know you want to speak to them, whether they've been following you for a long, long time or, or this is their first time ever to hear your name. Give us insight and wisdom today on how to live, how to be a little bit more like Jesus, guard over our hearts and our minds and our souls to collectively together. Thank you, God, for this amazing work through this church and what you're doing through God's people in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. all right, you may be seated. Well, there is, um, there is something special about a Happy Meal. Uh, I mean, they, they, a Happy Meal is, is so iconic. How many of you have ever bought one or gotten one for yourself before? Show of hands, raise your hand. All right, yeah, I mean, it is like, uh, it's like a rite of passage as a child, and every child should experience the Happy Meal, right? Uh, unless uh, you're a parent and they have, and then you know, that was a bad call. That was 
a bad move on my part, introduce them to this thing. Because kids, they're, they're not interested in the chicken nuggets. They're interested in only one thing in this happy meal, and that's the toy. Like, they want the toy. They're after the toy, and, and so they'll go past everything, the Go-Gurt, and they'll go past the juice box, and they'll go past the nuggets and all to get this toy. Any parent here ever had to bribe your kid to try to get them to eat a nugget before? Like you're like, eat one more nugget, and I'll give you the toy. Half a nugget. Part of a nugget. Dad'll eat the nugget. You get the toy. I mean, they just, they want the toy. They got to have the toy. And, man, and, and once they've got the toy, then after, I don't know, a day or two or so, they, they get kind of bored with it, don't they? And they just kind of toss it aside and, and forget about it. Or, or they want the next one in the series. Thank you, McDonald's. Or, or they didn't get the one that they wanted, you know? I want a Jack Jack! I want a Jack Jack! Listen, you say that one more time and daddy's going to jack you up. That's what's going to happen. But they, they didn't get what they wanted. And, and then so you circle the drive-thru, right? Like four or five times. It's, it's like, like playing roulette. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And you don't get the toy they want. And then you're on eBay. I'll pay $235. I'm going to get the high bid on this. I got, I got to get them jack-jack. Make my life sane again. I mean, kids, they, they love the Happy Meal. And they got to have it, but only to lose interest in it and just kind of toss it aside and and then we wonder why you ever wonder like why why do we why do we buy them a a happy meal I, i think the reason we buy it for them is because in that moment it is truly a happy meal right like you're like if i can just give them this i can get some peace and we can have just some sanity for a few minutes i'll let them have this and so we, we look at our kids and we kind of laugh at them. We kind of shake our heads at their obsession with these toys. But man, are we really that much different? I mean, come on. I mean, we, we live in a happy meal culture. Like, I, I, as adults, like, we don't uh, have toys like this. I mean, our toys, uh, unfortunately, look a lot different and they're a lot more expensive. I mean, that is the truth of it. We have our toys, and we got to have it, right? I got to have that, and then we get it, and then we get bored with it, and we toss it aside for whatever's new, whatever's shiny, whatever's big, whatever is, whatever is the newest thing that I, I can get that. It's crazy as we live in a really a disposable age. Have you noticed that? Like, everything is disposable now. Everything that we buy is intended to be enjoyed only for the moment and then tossed away. Like, you ever bought a t-shirt and then washed it? You're like, what happened? (laughs) It's like, either I've grown or it's shrunk. I'm betting on it shrunk. Like, it just goes down to nothing. You buy a phone... As soon as you get the phone, the next phone's already out. Like, everybody take out your phone right now. Take out your phone. Show your shiny little phone to the person next to you. Show them what you got. Show them what you got. Yeah. Yeah, guess what? It's already outdated. I mean, they're already talking about iPhone 11 coming out. It's already in the works. 
everything's coming out so fast, they didn't even have iPhone 9. They just skipped right over it. We don't have time for you. And they just moved on to iPhone 10, and now iPhone 11 is coming. And if you have an HDTV, you're missing out because it's 4K now, right? But our eyes can't even process 4K. But man, I, I got to have that. And so we go out, and, and, and we want to be happy. And we want to be happy in the moment. And so we overextend ourselves financially. And when we overextend ourselves financially, we become pressed and we get pulled financially. And then we're overwhelmed, we're over budget, we're stressed. I mean, and, and we just don't know what we're going to do. And here's what happens. When you get pressed and when you get pulled financially, those things that really matter, those things that should be priorities in our lives, they get pushed. Those things that we know, I really should be spending my money here. I really should be investing in this for, for my future. I really should be doing this for this person. I really should be having this. And, but when you're pressed and you're pulled financially, those things, they just, get, they just get pushed. But that's not how God created us to operate. He did not create us to be pressed and pulled financially. He did not call us to be financially freaking out. He called us to be financially free. And Jesus here in Matthew's gospel, chapter 6, he, he kind of pushes back on this happy meal mentality and this happy meal culture. Look back at Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. Words of Jesus here. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Now, Jesus here, he's not saying that, that treasure or, or money or resources are evil. Like, like somehow having money, having resources, having treasure is wrong. That, that's not what Jesus is saying here. It's what you do with the treasure that matters. It's what you do with your money. It's what you do with your resources that matters. In fact, Jesus talks about this battle that we have with money in verse 24, a few verses later. Jesus said this, no one can serve two masters, for you're going to hate one, you're going to love the other. You'll be devoted to one, you're going to despise the other. You cannot serve God and be what? And be what? Come on, everybody, what's that word? Enslaved. You can't be enslaved to money. Come on, turn to somebody right now and tell them this. Money's not the problem. Money is not the problem. I'd like for you to write this down. If you're taking notes and there's some message notes in your chair back there, write this down. The problem isn't money. The problem isn't money. The problem is when money has me. The problem isn't money. The problem is when money has me. We started this morning talking about this guy, the Apostle Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament letters that we have here today. And in a letter that he wrote to the Romans, he told them that it's, it's God who has entrusted all of us with all that we have in our lives. He said it this way in Romans eleven thirty six. He said, for everything comes from him. Somebody say, it's all from him. 
is all from him, everything. And it exists by his power and is, say this with me, what? Intended for his glory. So, so God has given resources to all of us. Now, I know some of y'all are like, I ain't got nothing. Listen, if you live in the United States of America, you have resources. You may not be spending them right. You may not be able to invest them certain ways, but we've all been allocated resources. They've all been given to us by God, but they're not given to us for our glory. They're not given to us for us to glorify ourselves, for, for me, they are intended for his glory. In other words, the way in which I spend my money, where I put my money, how I place my money, the, what I do with that money is supposed to glorify God. I'm telling you, when you talk about money, people just leave by the droves, don't they? They're just gone. I'm out, I'm out. I just thought we were all getting happy meals. All right. But it's not supposed to be all about, I don't know where they're going. I'm just giving a hard time. Hey, but we all, all of us struggle with this at times, don't we? Don't get something for me. And, and it can become all about my glory. About 15 years ago, I, I wrote a book. This is true. I am not making this up. I wrote a book about 15 years ago. Um, never published it, but I personally think it's an amazing book. I think it's a, a great book. I mean, not all glory to God, because that's what I'm preaching today. It's not for my glory, for his glory. It's an amazing book. And uh, it, I think it, it fits today. Um, it's a self-published book. Um, this is the original copy, and frankly, the only copy. Uh, and it's got a lot of pictures in it, and it's my kind of book. But I thought it fit for today. So I wanted to, um, if, if you would allow me, I would like to read this story to you. It's called Don't Be a Glory Hog. Now, this is a story I have really written. I, I really actually wrote this 15 years ago. Don't be a glory hog. All right. There once was a pig named Glory. Glory lived on a farm with Farmer Fred. Glory loved the farm because she could eat and sleep. And soak up the sun all day. Glory barely noticed how big she had become, but well, that didn't matter to Glory because she had everything that she wanted. At least so she thought. One day, Farmer Fred took Glory on a trip. Glory thought, well, that would be fun. At least so she thought. That's the day Glory became bacon. It's a children's book. It's a children's book. Oh, my goodness. We were not created to live for ourselves. We were not created to live for our glory. We were not created to fatten up our pocketbook for ourselves. I've heard this said before, but I think it's good, and, I, and I, so I want to say it here, and you can write this down, and this is, this is what is so important is, listen, I am blessed to be a blessing. I have been blessed to be a blessing. Now, I know some of you are like, blessed? I ain't got, I ain't got nothing. If you live here in the United States, you are blessed. Come on, tell three people around you, you are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed, okay? 
Listen, I have been blessed to be a blessing. So right here is where many of you are probably asking, so um, is it okay to like splurge on myself? Like is it a... Uh, is it wrong to, to want nice things and have nice things? Is that wrong? I think we're asking the wrong question. See, some Christians, they have a, a poverty mindset, you know, that, oh, the evils of money. Oh, I do not have anything. I, I live in poverty for the glory of God. And they, I mean, they, they, they're the people that, that when, they, when you pull up in the parking lot, they're looking at the parking lot, looking at certain vehicles pulling up, and they're like, well, isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Guess they don't love Jesus as much as I do. They have a poverty mindset. I don't think that's how God intended for us to be or live. I think God really intended for us to be somewhere in the middle. It's why we're asking this question. Is this pleasing to God? Before I make any financial decision, but when I get ready to place my money somewhere on something, I've got to ask myself, hey, is what I'm doing, is this, is this pleasing God? Is this just pleasing me? Am I only doing this for myself? Am I doing this only to try to build myself up, make myself look good? Or am I doing this because, man, I think this would be pleasing to God. It's, it's not about how much money you have. It's never been about how much money you have or your resources or your treasure. It's not about how much you have. It's what you do with what you have been given. That's what matters. And so Jesus, he tells us in this passage of scripture to tell us, he I'm sorry, he tells us to have an eternal mindset. He tells us to in, invest in things that will outlast us. Look, look what he says in, in verse 20. He says, store your treasures where? In heaven. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Like wherever your treasure is, there, come on, say this with me, the what? The desires of your heart will also be. Like we, um, desire, desire is a powerful thing. It's very, very powerful. I mean, McDonald's understands this with these things. Nothing more desirable, I think, on the planet than McDonald's french fries. Can I get an amen from God's people? Come on, somebody. I don't, if you don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. You are dismissed, and Life Church would love to have you. All right, but for the rest of us, <laughs> kidding. I'm totally kidding. I love. I mean, you, you, could, you could go, hey, Brad, you got your choice. Seven-day vacation in the Caribbean or a large order of French fries. Give me the fries. I just, you know the smell? That delicious, just the fragrance. Do you know that McDonald's deliberately seasons their French fries with an artificial flavor that makes you crave French fries? Frankly, I don't care because they're amazing. I'm going after church today. We're all lining up, going to McDonald's and getting some fries because they're so incredible. This is our culture. This is the, the happy meal 
culture. The happy meal culture creates desires within us that cannot be fulfilled. Amazon and Google know this. Man, you ever look at something just one time and then it starts showing up in your feed over and over again? Like, Laura, a few weeks ago, was wanting me to look up something about essential oils. And she's like, I need to know something about this. I need to know this oil and which oils I'm supposed to put together. And I can't figure it out. I'm like, all right, whatever. And so I got my phone. I'm looking them all up. Next thing I know, every essential oil is showing up in my phone now. Oh, lemongrass, pomegranate, frankincense, gold, myrrh. Thank you. They're just all there. I mean, and everything is so easy, right? It's just one click. One click and you can have it. Two-day shipping, and it's yours. But the problem with, with the Happy Meal culture is it only makes us happy in the moment, and it leaves us unfulfilled. It leaves us dissatisfied. It leaves us wanting and craving and, and, and desiring that thing that we cannot have. It's, it's, it's never enough. It's never enough. And that's why Jesus says, don't get caught up in the treasures. Don't get your resources and your finances all caught up in the treasures here. Think about eternal things because the more that you're consumed by earthly treasures, the more pressed and the more pulled you feel financially. So Jesus says, hey, no, invest in the eternal. Invest, put your treasures in heaven, like in the things that will outlast you. I love what Billy Graham had to say about uh, giving and receiving. Uh, he had such a great take on this, and I wanted us to see this. Look what he said here. The famous um, evangelist Billy Graham said this, God has given us two hands, one to receive and one to give. We are not cisterns made for hoarding. We are channels made for sharing. In other words, you and I, we are, we are naturally inclined, our natural desire, our natural bent is to build cisterns, is, is, to, is to hoard things. We don't call it hoarding, we call it an attic. We call it self-storage. But we, but we hoard things, and, and it's, we were given things to be a, a funnel, to be a channel for God's glory. Not for my glory, but for God's glory. We are called to invest in those things that will out last us but what happens is when we get pressed and when we get pulled financially the things of heaven the things that are eternal the things that matter most in life they get pushed to the side i'd love to do that oh man i'd love to help that person at work i know they really need my help i know my neighbor needs this and i man i heard about this Thing that was happening in this other country and this, the, the, the disaster and the struggle. And I wanted to do for that, but I, ah, I you know, I, and it gets, gets, gets pushed. I want, I want to help, but it gets, I'm so pressed and, I, I'm, I, and I'm so pulled financially. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm, I'm so over, over budget. I'm so stressed that I, I, and it gets, heaven gets pushed. So what does it look like? What does it look like in our lives to invest in the, our treasures in heaven? What does it look like to invest in the eternal, to, to, to invest in something that will outlast you? I, I wanted you to hear a story today that I think is going to encourage you, it's going to inspire you, and I think it's going to challenge 
all of us today. And Rocky, guys, come. Will you give Rocky uh, some love as he comes? Come on, Rocky. Come on up, man. So what you need to understand about Rocky, as to kind of help him out here for a second, is uh, he is incredibly freaking out right now. He is nervous because he has never uh, shared his story publicly before. This is the first time he's done this today, and as I asked him if he'd share, because there's a part of his story that I think you're going to find incredibly, incredibly inspiring. Your whole story is inspiring, but there's one particular part that I think is just so uh, phenomenal. And for, so for people that don't know you, I know there's uh, several people that I know, know who you are, but a lot of people yeah. don't know who you are. You were not born and raised in the United States. Tell us a little bit of your, your background. Well, um, I was born... Um, in Ethiopia, um, and I was about five years old when my when my dad passed away, and so I had um, five five brothers and two sisters, and so it was really hard for my mom to provide for all of us, and uh, and I had to go to the orphanage. That's where that's where I grew, I, I grew up. At the, the orphanage back there. So you were about five, seven years old when you when you went into the orphanage. Yes, about seven. Yeah. How, how long were you in the orphanage for? I was there for six years. Um, while I was there, my mother that would come there. It's, it's about three hours. That work. Wow. From. <laughs> All the way. You say walked? Yes, three hours just to come see me there at the, the orphanage. So you're at this orphanage, and what you may or may not know about adoption and overseas adoption is that the older you get, you can age out of adoption. And you are getting very, very close to, if not, have aged out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was getting really close. Of being I, adopted. Yes, I was actually the last person to be adopted from there. So, what was that like for you to be in an orphanage for six plus years and watching other boys and girls finding families that are going to take them in, and and you keep getting passed up and you're what was that like? Well. It was really hard, to be honest. And all I had, all I did was just pray, just ask, asking God whatever He wants me to do, and wherever He wants me to be. You had so you had faith in the midst of this, even as a as a young man. <laughs> I did. You could have got bitter to, towards God. Yeah. You sure. were introduced to Jesus at an early age. Is that right? Yeah. Well, when I was really small, like little. We used to go to church with my with my dad and my mother. And so after my dad passed away, things kinda get got crazy. Mm -hmm. So we kinda went to church but no not really. But after I went to um the orphanage was, and and back there at the orphanage we served there, worshiped the Lord. Every, every Sunday. 
So year after year, day after day, you're watching others get adopted. You're not getting bitter towards God. You're no. aging out. It looks like maybe it's not going to happen for you. Yeah. Uh, but then it did. Tell us that story about being adopted. Well, when I first heard about it, I didn't even believe it. <laughs> I was like, what? Is this real? And um, even after I heard about it, there was someone who was saying, if you really go there, they're going to go kill you there. So, Wow. Like legitimately. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of laughing about yeah, it, but, but, but it was, did that put, that put fear in you? Oh, yeah, for sure. I was scared. Of like, if you came to the United States, some, and I've met your, I've met your adopt, adopted dad, Todd. He's a good friend of mine. Sometimes I feel like he's going to kill me, too. So I kind of get that. I totally understand that. I'm just, I'm just messing. That's Todd and Jody, a guy. If you don't know Todd and Jody, wave. That's his mom and dad. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. So I don't even know if you can describe this, but you're in an orphanage in Ethiopia, and you, and you land in the United States into a suburb of Tulsa, Oklahoma. What was that like? I mean, it was, it was crazy, to be honest, and scary. Yeah. <laughs> Everything was new. It was really hard to say um, bye back there to my brothers mother and all my friends there mm. but I mean if I got after I got here <clears throat> well my my parents they were there for me every time whenever I needed them so you got good parents yes I do I know how much they love you man you got <laughs> yeah. a great mom and dad yeah adoption sure. is such a beautiful thing it's part of our family's uh story it's just such a beautiful thing so this past year uh you got a job yep <laughs> I worked at um, at Brahms. At Brahms, okay. <laughs> Maybe I should have brought a Brahms meal instead of a, a Happy Meal. So what's that like? So you're working at Brahms, you're putting these things together, you go, you Americans, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so you're working at Brahms. Um, that just blows my mind, first of all. Like, you're in an orphanage, and now you're working at Brahms. I, I just, I can't even put that together. I don't even know how you can put all that together. So you're working at Brahms for a year, um, and you're sa- you save all the money from working at Brahms. Yes. Tell us about saving that money and, and what you did with it. Well, as, yeah, as, as you said, I just worked there for a year, and I saved all the money. And this summer, I went there. Um, usually my mom goes there every, every year. So I went with her um, with the money I saved. I took all that money and gave that to my family in the church over there. Your birth family? Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, that honestly causes think many of us to just pause that uh, your birth mom who, who sent you to the orphanage, not your siblings, but sent you to the orphanage, and I know you still don't understand all the reasoning behind that, things that happened, all of that. Yeah. And, 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 and you're a young man, like you're like, I'm not giving this to you, I'm keeping this for myself. But what, if you can even put into words, what was it that compelled you 
to not keep that money for yourself, to go all the way back to Ethiopia, travel across uh, that country to where your birth mom was and your siblings and give them that money and give that money to the church. What compelled you to do that? I can't even put it in a word, to be honest. That's... What I see is the, this, is, this is how the Spirit of God works in a person. Like, you don't know why. You can't explain why. People look at you and they say, what are you doing? And you're like, I don't know. I just got to do it. And that's the spirit of God inside of a person. And it's the spirit of God inside of Rocky compelling him to give these resources away. And so you, you go and you uh, give that money to your, to your birth mom and to to the church. I know it still is pretty overwhelming to you even in this moment, right? To, it's so powerful. We're so proud of you, man. We're so, so challenged by that. I was so challenged by it because I said, you, surely you kept something for yourself. I thought, come on, man, you're a young guy. You got to keep something for yourself. Surely you kept something. And then I found out he kept a little bit for himself so he could buy souvenirs in the airport for his siblings here in the States. <laughs> like, I don't, man. Um, you're on another level uh, of where so many of us aspire to be, and, and you're, you, you're such a young age having that, and we're so inspired by what God has done through you. I want us to pray for Rocky. I feel like he's such a special young man that... Uh, just the more that I'm around him, uh, just uh, just the spirit and the way he carries himself, I, I can just tell God, God has put greatness inside of you. And he has rescued you, and he never, ever forgot about you. And for you at such a young age, to never give up on God is so powerful that it's going to carry you and catapult you into some things that you never thought capable in your life. But you're always going to look back and you're going to say, if I was in that orphanage and I never gave up on God and God never gave up on me, he will help me to achieve this dream for his glory. So I want us to pray over Rocky. Would you stretch out your hands for a moment? Let's just pray for him. Father, thank you so much for Rocky and his life, God. And I don't know what your plan is and how you want to orchestrate things through his life. But God, you put greatness inside of him. You put giftings inside of him. What a gentle spirit he has, an inspiring spirit for, for me, for all of us. God, I pray that you would use him to touch so many lives for your glory and for your honor, that you would help him to dream big. You'd help him to step out big. And God, that he would know that you are going to meet him every step of the way as he does great things for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. Give Rocky some love. Oh, man. Very good, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Love you. Is this pleasing to God? So the question I think some of us might be asking is, um, where, what, where do I give? What do I, what do I do? I, I don't know. That's the question. 
You have to talk to God about that. Is, is God saying that I need, to, I need to give my money away to, to an orphanage somewhere? Maybe. Maybe not. Is, is God saying that I, I'm supposed to like, help this, this family here and this person at work or, or this family member or somebody close? Maybe. Maybe not. Sometimes God just tells us to do something simple like buy your kid a stinking happy meal. Quit being so stingy. Buy him a happy meal. Let your kid have some fun. And sometimes God says, don't buy him a happy meal. Now's not the time for that. The only way you're going to know that is if we ask the question, is this pleasing to God? So how much? (laughs) Do I have to be like, Rocky, do I have to give it all away? Do I have to give it all away? Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, do I have to, do I have to downsize and, and, and start just figuring out a way? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. That's for you and God. What I, I love, and I want, to end with the, I want to end with the Apostle Paul's words here from 2 Corinthians 9, 7. He says this, You must each decide in your heart how much to give. It's up to you. Isn't that crazy? It's all up to you. What's the desire of your heart? It's all about desire. It's why we ask the question, is this pleasing to God?